This is something very resonate with me because that happened to my life. Opportunity. I really strongly believe in opportunity because you know I believe everybody have their own potential. You know, when I was a kid, when I was a young little girl in my alley, I had potential, but that not enough because even though you had potential, but if the environment around you were not supportive and there's not many people give you the opportunity to change your life, it didn't really help you to change your life. That's why I think even though we have potential, we still need other people at one point of our life to give it to us the opportunity for us to change our life and shine. So I had that because my mentor gave it to me. A lot of people gave it to me. The NGO gave it to me for me to volunteer with them. I want to give that opportunity to other people too when I can. It's about resources, right? You want to do good, but you need resources. So that's kind of thing that keep me really motivated. You know, if you come from an environment where you really need the opportunity, you will see how much it is important for you to have the opportunity. That's why I feel it very resonated with me and close to my heart. So that's why everything I do, I will trying to create opportunity for people or help them to get to the opportunity that they need. So my road lane is quite good because I'm doing that kind of connecting, you know, like a hub and connecting different people. And also with the community podcast, it's the same, you know, like I'm trying to bring this story out so people can listen to and they feel motivated, they feel inspired, they feel connected. And in the future, I want to also build the community so where people can, can also helping each other and connect with each other because I believe that We have to work together. We have to support each other, collaborate to actually uh, achieve something amazing. Hello, everyone. My name is Dean Long and welcome to the podcast Lifeline. In this podcast, I will interview people who are having a positive impact in their community and have a strong message that deserves to be shared. We will dive deeper into their journey becoming a change maker, and hopefully you can take away some insights for your own journey. And please do subscribe to Lifeline on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or any platform that you are using. And also you can share this episode with your friends if you like it. It's really what helps me the most. In today's episode, you will meet Kelly Vaur, who is a connector, community builder, and podcaster proudly born in Saigon, Vietnam, who is passionate about bringing opportunities and resources to those who need it the most. If you've been following Lifeline for a while, you will notice that she's a perfect example of social gardener. Kelly is currently the head of the Philanthropy Services Department at the Lean Center for Community Development, which is a non-profit on a mission to increase citizen participation and enhance the broader non-profit ecosystem in Vietnam. She also launched her podcast, Dear Our Community, where she invites doers in the community to inspire her audience about life purpose, happiness and social impact. We discuss about her difficult childhood, how she was the first one to go to college in her family, how one mentor changed her outlook in life, and how she progressively connected the dots, one experience at a time, to understand her life purpose and become the go-to person in the social impact ecosystem in Vietnam. Hope you enjoyed this episode and see you in 90 minutes. So yeah, hello Kelly, or twin. Uh, super happy to have you on Lifeline today. How do you feel today? 
today is Saturday. I feel uh, a little bit busy, but also a little bit relaxing. I want to relax a little bit today because normally now I have to also work on the weekend to uh, for the podcast for my own podcast. <laughs> Same, same thing with me. See, now weekends and evening is podcast time. So yeah, it's more and more busy. Uh, so yeah, I can relate. Uh, but yeah, no, super happy to have you. And yeah, for the story. So yeah, as I told you, yeah, always remind how we know each other. In our case, it's funny. Uh, we were in the same breakout room during an AVPN event. I don't remember which event it was. Um, But I just remember we were in the same uh, breakout room. And then, yes, later we connected because we're both launching a podcast around the same time, uh, both interviewing changemakers. Uh, so yours is there, our community. So all the Vietnamese speakers, go have a look. Um, and yeah, and I just follow what you do on Facebook and it looks amazing. I know Lynn Center a little bit from a friend, from Clemence that you know as well. Um, and yeah, just from all the all the posts, uh, all the time. So yeah, um, super happy to have you now. And yeah, maybe just to kickstart, would you like to introduce a bit about yourself? Uh, what do you do these days? Uh, where do you come from? And just anything that you would like to share, like just to kickstart the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. I mean, I, I listened to a few episodes of yours. Uh, really interesting. Uh, I'm glad that to be a part of this meaningful podcast. So uh, my Vietnamese name is Duyên. And my, like, uh, everybody also know another name called Kelly. Um, so I was born in Saigon. Uh, I'm Saigonese. <laughs> um, so my whole childhood and my life, Uh, all in Saigon here. Um, right now, I am working uh, the full-time job at Lin Center for Community Development. This is a local nonprofit. Uh, been here since 2009. Um, so, local nonprofit. We for Lin. Uh, my role at Lin because Lin is a nonprofit support other nonprofit. Our mission is to support other local grassroots non-profit uh, from like information capacity building to networking with uh, and resources uh, connection with the uh, other sector like from corporate uh, individual who want to engage uh, with local non-profit sector in Vietnam. Uh, it's like a hub uh, to connect different people together, different sector together to to build like to um, to do so of good. Um, my role at Lin is to work with corporate and individual who want to engage with the local nonprofit or support Lin program. Um, so, like for their CSR program, corporate social responsibility program, sustainability program, or community development program, staff engagement program, so they can come to us and we can help them support them like provide consultation and connection with the net network of our nonprofit. Right now at Lin we have around 400 local nonprofit in our network uh, working on diverse causes uh, like from children, education, people with disability, environment, uh, LGBTIQ, uh, yeah, very diverse. So we can connect them with the, the, the suitable nonprofit because we're trying to build the partnership between nonprofit and, and business coming together to solve these social and environmental issues. 
Um, so that's my role at Lin, my full-time job. But then I also have my own podcast, like we just introduced earlier. Um, my podcast called Dear Our Community. So it's um, the name is quite interesting because um, I was thinking like to, I'm, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I love storytelling. I love story. Uh, because my job to at Lynn, I normally go out and talk to a lot of people, listen to their story from corporate to individual, even nonprofit who want to do so, so good. But they have their own like uh, coming from different background and uh, having different ideas what they want to do in the society. So that's why I, I build passion and also interested a lot in the uh, in story. So one day I just came up with the idea that, oh, how bad? Because for me, I feel very lucky that I met, I had a chance to meet these people. Yeah, you know, very inspiring. Like that motivate me a lot. Um, but I'm sure that not a lot of people, especially young Vietnamese uh, in remote area even, they, they don't have the opportunity like me to meet these people, to listen to their story, to feel inspired and also to feel connected, um, to start their own journey. So that's why I think, okay, maybe I should start my own podcast and bring this story, authentic story, to the people that may need to listen to this story so they can start their own journey or like, you know, have, have their own story t- told, yeah. Cool, thank you, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I really relate to your podcast purpose as well. So cool, I think. <laughs> uh, you should create a Lean Center for podcasters. <laughs> so all the podcasters who want to do source of good. Um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, we'll come back to everything that you said and even more. Just a reflection on Lean. I think it's interesting. For me, it reminds me of, it's like a incubator or accelerator, but for non-profits. I feel like, you know, we have a lot of social enterprise incubator for social enterprise. But I haven't seen much things for specifically for non-profits. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's interesting. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go back on that as well. As I usually do, I, I like to go chronologically. Uh, so, I stalk a lot all my guests <laughs> to try to get all the information. So, I try to stalk as early as possible. Uh, sometimes I managed to go uh, like 17, sometimes four years old. For you, it's interesting. So I, I read this, there was this great interview by uh, Vietcetera. It was really, really cool. And also I read your bio, I read a lot of things. And maybe the common thing I found is not a specific time during your childhood, but mainly your childhood in general. Yeah, I think there's a lot of powerful things that you say when you speak about childhood. But yeah, I would love to hear more. Like you mentioned, it was maybe a difficult childhood, but that it didn't you know, prevent you from being who you are today. Uh, amazing uh, human being, running both a podcast and all the fundraising at Lean. But yeah, maybe would love to, if we can kickstart with that, since the basis for everything, if you can share your childhood in, in Saigon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I mean, uh, I I think my childhood story is, for me, is very interesting. That's why now I start talking about it. Uh, because, you know, I believe that our childhood memory really influenced us. Uh, our growing up environment really influenced us to be who we are today. Um, so I was born in uh, District 10 uh, in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, it's 
very small, like in a very small alley. Um, you know, if you've been in Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City, you will see that's a quite special thing about Saigon that they have a lot of small alleys, especially in the city, in the district that uh, not 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 just basically the district that not in the center downtown, but far a little bit away. They will have a lot of small alley. Like I was born in one of the Kai alley. And um, I remember because my alleys, I, ha- I have to say it was very complicated <laughs> with a lot of uh, criminal activity, gamble-like activity around me because, uh, you know, that's the environment that I'm growing up. Um, so I've seen everything. I've seen a lot of things. Uh, so my my neighbors, my family, like, you know, like you in that kind of environment and you observe and you 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 somehow affected by it a lot so i was i was i remember that one uh, i always have even now i am uh, get out of that alley already and i live in different environment but there's some sort of like memory is still like in my in my head a lot for example like because in my alley sometimes there's like fighting between people so, you know, when I, uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, um, I was sitting, playing something, but then suddenly you hear the, vo- the, the sound, boom, 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 that means people fighting, yeah? And you was worried because maybe that was some of your member, family member, uh, or something happened to them, you know? And, and it was a little bit scary for me. <laughs> and, and, and that was some sort of like unforgettable uh, sound unforgettable memory for me even now sometimes I just like hang out in some places not in the same area but when I I hear this, this kind of sound I was just remember me remember me of my childhood right because that's that's kind of like very typical sound around me and I seen everything like people gambling people struggle because gamble and uh, a lot of things happening. But because the alley is a lot of people coming like from different areas, like some people come from Cambodia, Mekong Delta, different, different, different uh, provinces. And they, they come there. And that's the good thing about, I mean, one of the great things that I, I really like about the alley is that they really, even though they have a lot of issues, but they still care about each other, like neighborhood, right? So they, they because everybody come from like very humble background and, and, and they know that they come in from different places. So this is a place where people can, 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 can live together and, and, and kind of like uh, survive together. So I, 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 I have that sense of neighborhood um, when I was growing up. Um, and that's really, really nice to be honest um, because, you know, you, you, it helps you to start looking at other people. Uh, like equal, and then you 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 always welcome other people in your life because that's how we grow. We, we was like I was growing up, yeah. So there's a lot of thing, and then I I I I, I remember that in my alley um, when I was when I was a kid my, because my parents they never go to school, and my 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 brother do I have two older brother they 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 went to school a little bit and they stopped. So when I was growing up, not many people, even my family member, even my parents, couldn't really support me with my education. So basically, they just, okay, go to school, but like, oh, how I'm going to uh, uh, define my future or <laughs> what I'm going to do after school. They, they, they don't know anything about it. It's just, okay, just go to school. And um, yeah, I, I went to school and actually... 
when I talk to a lot of people from my neighborhood, like uh, in, in the LA, a lot of people surprised that I, I I graduated because the environment around me is so difficult to to be it does like to, to be able to finish school. But I did, um, and because I think deep down for me, uh, like I I feel like I could do a lot. I could do a lot of um, interesting things in my life. I can do much better than where I am at that moment. Um, but actually, I didn't really know how could I do that because nobody guide me. Nobody really share with me. Okay, what what could be like a role model? Like what could be the future for you? So I was a little bit struggle uh, like that when I was growing up. It's very interesting because uh, you know usually it's difficult to you know when you are in this neighborhood and maybe the past career path or whatever you know future that you see is. I mean, you you might tend to think, okay, I will do whatever people in the neighborhood do. And usually it's when you meet a mentor or someone external that you realize, actually, I can do this, I can do that. But in your case, it's different. Like, you already know that you could do something else, but there's no one to show you that it's possible, but you know. But I just wonder, like, how... Well, any inspiration from your childhood? How, how did you know that you... I, I, I read some, I think the same interview, yeah, you, you were telling yourself, like you didn't dream to be a doctor or whatever because you had no idea what actually is out there, but you had the dream to become something better than yourself. But yeah, I just wonder, like, how do you, how do you know this while other people in your neighborhood, they don't have the same, you know, inner force? Um, that's a good question because when I remember... My childhood, there was nobody really was my role model around me. Uh, I think uh, most of the time I watching, I remember there was a Hong Kong drama. <laughs> it's very popular uh, during uh, my childhood, like when I was growing up, uh, like TVP, like Hong Kong drama, is was very very popular in Vietnam. So every house watches. watches. Um, and there was a few like film that I watched and I, I, I can, I could see the, 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 the development and the, uh, the opportunity of those people. And I feel, wow, you know, these kind of people, they actually can live like that and they could really do something like that. I feel very like, um, I like it and admire it. I think, oh, wow. Maybe, you know, because, you know, nobody showed me how I can do that, but I can see, like, that could be a possibility for me. Uh, that could be me. Like, I could do something that um, assess to this kind of opportunity. Um, but it's just something in my head. I'm not really, I, I didn't know how to, like, put it down in word or, like, a dream or anything, but more like, oh, yeah, there's a possibility in the future, yeah, so that's that was my 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 situation when I was when I was a kid. It's funny. It reminds me of uh, I, I did an interview with an Indian woman. She was born and grew up in in Mizoram, so that's a northeast state of India, in between Myanmar and Bangladesh. So it's very far away, let's say, from all the big cities and from all these opportunities. And she was telling me she's also the first one in her family to go to school, then university. And I was asking her, you know, what, what made you want to be good at school? What made you question what was around you? And she was like, you know, we, had, we were lucky to be the 
only family with a TV. So she was watching uh, this, this random stuff that appears on Indian TV, but that showed her Mumbai or like other cities. And she realized, oh, there is something else beyond the place I'm living in. So Asoku, we should make a movie. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think definitely, um, you know, when you um, in the environment where uh, you couldn't really access to a bigger world, TV could be your a bigger world, right? Uh, or movie, something like that. Uh, so you can really see what happening or imagine what happening outside this small world. And that could trigger something inside you. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's actually, that's, that's why I answered in that interview that actually, no, I didn't have like a specific dream like, to be something, to be a doctor, to be a, 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 like a lawyer or, or a business owner or anything, but just, I just saw the possibility uh, in front of me, like in, in my future. So then you were, I mean, you went to school. Well, for just maybe to contextualize, how, how long did, well, what is the age range when you were living in that alley? And then, like, so you went to school, I guess, with the same dream to go out there. And yeah, what, how was this period? So basically, I remember uh, I was so worried about my, my education because my parents having issues about finance uh, when I was 16, 17, something like that. Um, I was worried I have to stop studying, like go to school because um, the financial situation. Uh, I remember every month, like when I was in high school, we always, like the family who pay the school fee latest, like the last. And always, always like aspire the deadline <laughs> because I know that my, my parents didn't have Uh, the finance and also enough money to pay. So I, I, I accept the fact that, yes. That, and then in Vietnam, there's a funny thing that when I was in high school, that if you pay the school fee late over the deadline, uh, there's somebody like in charge of that, like, um, um, you know, in, in charge of monitor the student, <laughs> make sure they don't do anything like danger or, or, or out of line. So that he will, he will ask, Some people who, 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 who couldn't pay the school fee on time to go into like, the, the room and then stay there and not let us studying because you don't pay the school fee. <laughs> and I was, yeah, sure. I mean, that's the fact. And then I, I just, you know, every month I was just there and then until we got the money, we paid it. And then he let me in the, in, in, in the, the classroom again. And the, the surprising thing is that on the 11th grade I was still the first student the top student and a lot of people surprised because why I always been late paying school fee and not really studying that much at the classroom but I still be that uh, top student and yeah so that was uh, a little bit difficult for me when I was in high school um, so luckily luckily mean that it's not like a lucky situation but luckily that my my parents Um, was able to sell the house in little tent uh, because we need some money. Uh, and that means like now my parents would be able to support me to go to school. So yeah, that's, I think this, something bad happened because we had to sell the house, but actually provide me the opportunity to, to go to school again. So that's why after sold the house, my, my mom gave me some money to go to school. 
uh, like in, in, in my college. So I think uh, around 18 years old, I started to basically, because we no longer has a house in District 10, so I have to go around finding a place to leave, like rent it, to leave and stay in Saigon to study. Yeah, before we, we go back on you, I just wonder, so like you were throughout the whole school life, you were always telling yourself, I need to be the top student? No, no, never. <laughs> I mean, I, I think because of, uh, I don't know, maybe I, I'm the one who very quick learner. And I always like pick up school, like pick up my study very fast. I mean, I remember when I was 11th grade, I didn't know anything about English. Like very terrible about English Yeah, so like I, I remember like I have like uh, kind of like um, a teacher, but in my neighborhood, he used to support the kids who don't have the money and they can stay there and study English with him. And uh, 11th grade, I really didn't know how to like speak English and really bad at it. And on uh, and luckily, when I went to uh, 12th grade, I, I, I had a really great, great, great teacher, English teacher, in my classroom and he really inspired me he was so funny and inspired me to learn English and I pick up so fast and become the top student uh, in, in the English class um, so when I told my my my, um, my teacher in my neighbor like oh I'm gonna you know apply for a language university he's yeah okay he, he just said okay okay but actually later on he told me in his hit, hit head he said like not going to be possible because, you know, a lot of people spend like years to study English and trying to get to university, like language university. I just like pick up one year. How could I get there? Uh, but I did. I passed and then went to the uh, language school. It's, it, I think it's because of uh, my, 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 my like, um, ability uh, of uh, being a quick learner. And I pick up school very fast and quickly. So that's helped a lot. Okay, so you're just a genius. That helps. <laughs> Not genius, but well, I, I pick up things very quickly. I like just to enough to pass it. <laughs> it's funny you speak about, uh, you take the example of English, because, yeah, so you, I, stalking you, I saw that you studied English language and literature. Um, just wondering, like, why? <laughs> I mean, again, sometimes I feel my life, I just make this decision very last minute. <laughs> so like when I uh, I uh, I was in 12 uh, grade, I was thinking, oh, I really like English, so I should study English, you know. So I should go ahead to study lang lang uh, English language. So I looked it up a lot of like different university college and say, okay, this one is good, this is new, and also focus on uh, English uh, li uh, language. And I applied for that. I didn't even know what that mean. Uh, like English uh, literature mean. I just say, okay, I want to learn English and I just want to go there. And then, yeah. <laughs> and at that time, because you mentioned, you know, when you were younger, have no specific dreams to become any, like any specific job uh, at 18, is it still the case? Or do you have a clearer picture? Very good question. I think um, at 19, I have to move down, like kind of like live alone and uh, rent a place to live, like be independent. Um, and uh, I was, I remember that, you know, it like you, you step out from a small world to a bigger world, right? Because you, you, you now have to deal with different people from uh, your neighborhood, like uh, different from your neighborhood and the people 
who come from very, very different backgrounds. Um, I think at the beginning, it was very scary for me, even though I'm excited, but it was very scary because there's something that late, like recently be able to share it. But before I feel a little bit worried and scared and also ashamed because, because I was worried that, you know, when I meet the people come from very different background for me, like they are from a privileged family or better condition or better situation, uh, family, they, I feel like if I told them about my situation, like my, my, my childhood background and everything, like my neighborhood, they may not want to be friends with me. Because, because the idea is like, you know, you're coming from that kind of environment and people will look at you and think, oh, maybe you are the same, right? Or you have some sort of tendency to do those kind of things. And I, I think that made me feel very... Um, terrify a little bit and I feel hesitated to to share that with other people uh, at the same time I feel very excited that now I can talk to different people but at the same time I'm trying to hide it so not many people know about this uh, just like okay I'm just somebody going study and meet different kind of friend and talk different kind of talk to different kind of people but I rarely talk about my my uh, my alley and <laughs> my childhood memory like I do today. But yeah, I feel like now you're you're proud, right, to have been born not born but <laughs> to be from this uh, alley in D10. I mean, we jump a big back and forth. But yeah, I wonder like, did you have these feelings throughout the whole university, or did at some point it it faded away? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that make me feel much better when thinking about my my childhood. Uh, and more confident uh, over the time it, when I understand who I am more and more. Because, you know, for me, I think sometimes we can also, I was before, like, we can be be stuck with that kind of history. And we was, think that, we was thinking that, okay, that is who we are because that's where we come from, right? And... Um, when uh when 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 we out of the world to the world we 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 feel oh this this is part of what we couldn't really get rid of so that's something that we have to hide but the more I understand about who I am as a person like the value and what I believe and the knowledge that I accumulate over the time and experience and the more I talk to different kind of people I learn from different kind of people I realize that everybody have kind of same maybe the same struggle because they kind of like worry about that too, you know, and, 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 and the more I understand about who I am or the more I have experience in talking to people and interact with different people, uh, get used to it. Uh, I feel much, much comfortable to talk about my childhood or talk about the, the, the past because I know that cannot define me. Like you can, you cannot choose where you was born, but you can choose how you live. Right. So that's that become more and more and more nature for me. And how is it a specific? Is it more like because yeah, you say as you understand better yourself, which is for me very important. You know, no one really gives you the space to understand yourself, and it's usually from a very specific moment or experience. I, for me, I know I 
Um, I can share one day later. But for me, I, I know it's like before, after a specific event when I was 19. During my trip to Iceland, so that's another story. Um, but yeah, for you, I want, is it like, is it because you say you're also you're a quick learner, well, like sky is the limit. I wonder, is it also part of yourself? Like you want to know yourself a bit more? Is it specific experience that happened either through uni or after university? Yeah, I think one of the reasons, probably because I'm the one who very love learning new things, learning different kind of things. I am curious about different things and I want to learn different things. So it really helped me to build up the knowledge and the confidence over the years. Because, you know, before when I was going out, I was worried if I say something wrong or I say something stupid, people would judge me because I didn't know anything. I was young. But uh, because I love learning, I keep learning things and trying to learn different kind of things, reading different kind of books the more I, 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 I learn about new things, the more I feel confident over the years. Of course, something like, for example, I go to a new environment, I also feel very nervous a little bit, but then I feel, oh, that's just part of the feeling. Nothing really, uh, it, it, you can overcome that. You can really can overcome that over time. Um, but at the beginning, I didn't know that. I was thinking, oh, maybe this is, I'm not going to be able to do this. But over the time, I, it become like a habit when you do it many, many times. I think another reason is, uh, I think when I met my mentor, uh, so my mentor, he's, um, he's Vietnamese Australian and uh, he came to, he came back to Vietnam to help Vietnam to like open the economy. And he had done a lot to contribute to Vietnam. Um, when I met him, like it's like a destiny, right? Because uh, he was about to move back to Australia Uh, and then I got a chance to meet him and talk to him. I think there's a connection. That's why he wanted to talk to me more. Uh, uh, so when I talk to him, one of the things I always love about uh, talking to him is that when he shared with me his life, because he's, of course, obviously very successful in his life. He had done so much amazing things. Uh, but when he shared with me about his life, it's more like he's telling the story. He's telling different kind of story happen in his life and happen around him and how he uh, um, deal with it in different situations as a human. Uh, and I feel like, wow, okay. So if, if I think if he talked too much about uh, knowledge or talked too much about theory, maybe I would not be able to connect it because I didn't have the spirit. I didn't have that kind of knowledge uh, like him but when he talked he shared his story I feel like oh wow so this is basically quite relevant because I I know that we you know I, I, I build the awareness that if he could do that he, I can do this too because he's human and he behave and deal with this in a human way so I can do the same so I think that's also have me to start to try to understand who I am. And also I, I trying to understand that even though people come from, I start to understand that even people come from different backgrounds, they may be very successful, they have, but they have to go through a lot of trouble, a lot of diff, uh, challenges and uh, difficulty to, to be where they are right now. So I feel like, oh, that's really, really easy to understand and connect it. So that's why, actually, that's one of the reasons why I started podcast. Yeah, it's... Um so interesting this meeting with a mentor like the way you say I, I felt like he was maybe the first 
one of the first person who share his story and you can like relate 100% with what he says and see like some sort of potential future like oh, oh, oh. I think the good story is always have a key message right uh, and for all of his story always have few key messages and I really impressed about the value like his value in those story and it's helped me to also trying to Uh, build it, like, you know, aware it and also identify what is my value. Of course, you know, at the beginning, you would just, okay, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. But over the time, because you want to identify with those kind of values, you have to practice it. And then you become something familiar, you're familiar with these values and you practice every day. It's funny, like when, when you say that, like listening to him, you understand his value. So it makes you questions about your own values. Is that something you knew already or you were like... Just a, it's a new question that shows up in your world. You have no answer, but you really want to find the answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I think his story gave me a lot of question uh, about myself. I think great mentor are the one who asked the right question. Um, so let the mentee to to basically find out the answer themselves. <laughs> yeah, so I reflect a lot about my life and relate it to his story. And I say, okay why he acts like that, why he did that, and what kind of value that he trying to prove. And how can I apply that also? Because I love that value. I think that value is beautiful. And how, how can I apply that? I reflect it on my daily life uh, uh, activity and, and, and you know, what I do every day. How old were you when you met him? And which context was that? Uh, I met him the first time in person in 2000. Maybe 11 or 12, because uh, back then I just graduated my, from my uh, college and I, I got a chance to go to his event where he talked about Mekong Delta. So that's the first time I met him in person. And when you say, I find it very interesting the concept of mentor, because for me, definitely, I think being a mentee or being a mentor is so important and it can really impact someone's life. And yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, maybe for, I mean, I, I'm curious, but also I guess many listeners might be curious. Um, well, when you say mentor, like what kind of relationship was it? Like, do you meet that person every week, share a bit about your life and he challenges you or like how does it work well actually the funny thing is i haven't met him that much to be honest because uh he busy and i think my tendency is that i want to my personality i want to solve my problem uh maybe because i was i was being independent uh too young when i was young i had to take care of my own thing i i don't want to Uh, you know, bother people that much if I don't need to. So when I talk to him, I listen to his story. I feel inspired. I feel motivated. I learn a lot from his uh, story. But then I ask my own question and I have to figure it out of myself. And and whenever I figure out it, I will share with him a little bit. But normally I will try to do that. You know, I trust this myself in my own time. Yeah. Before we jump into Lin, so like be a huge <laughs> years of jump, I want I, I yeah also saw in that specific interview um, that you started volunteering at university and that it was a very actually very 
eye-opening moment. Uh, so could you share a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember when I was uh, about to finish uh, my college, I met uh, one of the co-founder of the uh, of the charity from US and uh, the NGO. So he invited me to the the first mission trip in 2011. And I said, yeah, definitely. I mean, before I only know about like charity, you know, like you do donate rice or uh, clothes to Bagoda or Celta. But now I'm going to the mission. <laughs> so I I, uh, I remember the first trip we went to Mekong Delta and we went to the house of the, uh, a single mother and the daughter. And it was like talking about how difficult for them, uh, you know, for their financial situation and And she cannot, uh, she cannot um, afford to to let her daughter to go to school. Um, and I was, you know, I remember I was crying a lot, but I'm trying to hide it because it's a little bit embarrassed for me back then. But um, I felt at that moment that even though I feel I, I am not coming from a privileged background, but I feel I'm lucky. Much much more luckier than 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 a lot of people there uh and i i still can do a lot of things to 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 help all the people i feel that something touched my heart that's something close to my heart that i want to do more but of course i was still students so i didn't know how could i do more or even you know what gonna be my future at that time i just know okay this is something beautiful and i want to continue this Is that why you joined the Mekong Delta event after you graduated? Yes, that's true. Actually, what of the reason? Because uh, I always love Mekong Delta. Because I think Mekong Delta people are very friendly, nice, outgoing. They're very warm. But I don't know why. But they back then, I didn't know why they keep suffering a lot in terms of, you know, no opportunity. They have, like, they have been through a lot of difficulties in their life. And not many people have enough opportunity, especially like kids, to go to school. So I'm interested. So when I went to that event, you know, my contractor uh, for my mentor, he talked about you know economy, economic situation in my contractor, and I learned a lot about you know the farmer there and how they struggle, why they struggle, and how we can do to help the, these farmer because the farmer can actually when the farmer become better. They will allow. They will afford to let their kids to go to school, so that this kind of thing actually trigger me a lot of question. And on, on the mentor aspect, I think, I mean, it's funny to see how everything is connected. Discover a bit more about Mekong Delta. A few years later, you join the event. You meet your mentor, and for me, that's a perfect example of. No, many people ask me like. Uh, I don't know what I want to do in my life or how do I meet mentors. I always just tell them, just go to events, just explore anything you can. Even if you have just like, maybe you have interest, I don't know, in gender equality. Even if you're not sure, just go and you'll figure it out if you are interested or not. Absolutely. I think yeah. people, uh, I met a lot of people like that too, even before I was have, having those kind of thinking to, you know, what kind of thing I can do. Uh, my future, my career path, uh, through my experience. To be honest, you couldn't guess anything because you, you, you basically, for me, my experience is that I took that opportunity because I want to do the right thing. I want to do that or try that. And that led me to 
something beautiful that I didn't know. I mean, I, I couldn't guess that I'm going to work for an NGO uh, seven, eight years ago because I back then I didn't even know what NGO is. Uh, yeah, so it's about taking the opportunity uh, and and be proactive about it and um, be free to you be open to new opportunity to 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 let it lead you to something amazing and you just focus on do what best right now. Yeah, definitely. I think that's focus on what's best right now. Many times we try to focus on what's best in 10 years, but no one knows, right? And it always changes. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like you say, if you told me seven years ago that I will work for NGO, I will never believe it. And yeah, I saw that you've done a lot of things before working at Lynn. You worked in a lot of different <laughs> positions. Like, yeah, what happened after graduation? Where were you at? And how was the transition to working at Lynn? Well, I mean, for me, I think the pattern for me is now I think about it, it's very clear that I always want to test new things and I want to try new things. Uh, I am not the person who wait into everything to be perfect to, to do something. Uh, if I have something like the idea or initiative, I want to test it right away because I want to see how it looks like in the real life. And then you can get feedback from people. Either you fail, either you don't, but you, you, you need to get the product out there, something out there so people can see it and they touch it and they feel it and it can give you the feedback. Uh, then you can improve it. If you just keep it in your head alone, it's not going to be positive, uh, not going to be hap uh, happening, right? Because ID is very cheap, but how you can execute it and how can you make it happen is very important. So normally when I came up with like, because also I love learning new things and open to new opportunities. So anything comes up to me, I say, oh, this makes sense. That's a good thing to do. Let's do this. Even though I, to be honest, sometimes I feel like I'm not really 100% ready, but I just took it. I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, of course, you know, that also leads you to a lot of failure, which is fine. Now I think about it, which is fine because that also helps you learn a lot of lessons, yeah, valuable lessons in life. So to answer your, your, your question, yes, after my graduation, I remember when I talked to my mentor about Mekong Delta, triggered a lot of questions about my life and, and what happening in Mekong Delta. I said, okay, let's start a business startup <laughs> to help farmers in Mekong Delta to export product to, to international market to make more money so they can help their kids to go to, to school. You know, the image of the, the single um, mother couldn't afford to let her daughter to, to go to school is link it together. Say, okay, let's have the farmer. So the farmer have money to have the kids to go to school and have a better life. But, uh, you know, because I was so young, I started with two friends and uh, we, we were so young. We didn't have a lot of experience and also financial uh, support. So that's why it fell for after a few years. Uh, and then we fell, we closed it. But yeah, so that's one thing. And then I have to, of course, go to work because I need money. <laughs> to support my life. So I went to work for a, a software company. Uh, it based, uh, it's from Europe and they trying to establish the office in Vietnam. I was one of the team members to set up the office and operation here uh, and also in charge of business development, helping them to build the relationship with the client in Vietnam. So I worked there for four years and during that time I, I was still volunteer for the NGO from the U.S., Um, so 
during that time I'm working, I make money, I have enough money to support myself, but I still feel something missing, you know, like I feel like I still want to do something meaningful and contribute. Uh, but I didn't know how I could do that. Uh, and then the company, like the software company, they had to close because of uh, business decision. And I decided, okay, uh, maybe I should pursue something more meaningful uh, for my life. So that's why I came across, I test another uh, idea, but it fell. And then I, I came across Lin uh, job, like uh, when they were recruiting this position. I was, okay. Because, you know, now think about that, right? When they offer, like they recruiting this person, they want somebody who have experience in business sector, working in business sector, and have a little bit of experience in NGO, right? And think about it. I had that when I was volunteer and I was working for business, uh, the software company. But, you know, four years ago, I didn't know. I was just thinking, okay, I have to work. Like I have to go to, to, to work to, to, to support myself. I want to volunteer for that NGO because I think that's the right thing to do. But it led me to live because those experience. <laughs> because of those experience that I didn't expect it to that that's gonna lead me to lead today, so I think that's very fascinating about about uh, opportunity and experience destiny. You have to really tr- do something, test something, and then someday it's gonna lead you to something you never know, you never really guessed. So it's um, I I always say that I think in half of the episodes I have this quote from Steve Jobs which he says uh, you know life always connects the dots backwards Um, so yeah I think what you just said is you can uh, connect the dot looking forward you can only can connect the dot looking backward exactly that's so correct and yeah it's interesting because you just followed what you wanted to do best for now exactly what you said and it just happens that, but you cannot, I mean, you could, but it's difficult. Okay, in 10 years, I want to do this. So I have to do that, that, that. It's, it can work, but <laughs> it's. And some people like, like that, some people, they need the plan. They need yeah. like, oh, I need to be that kind of position, in that kind of position in the next five years. For me, I'm very open because as long as I'm doing something that I love and I'm happy about, that's enough. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's also linked to, you know, you have an idea, you want to execute it as quick as possible. I, I have this discussion as well with my colleague. She says, like, we, like, people are either doers or planners. Um, either they need to plan things first and then do, either they need to do and then plan later. So, yeah, no, I find it Be interesting. the second person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plan later. <laughs> Did you always have this mindset? I have an idea I need to execute, or is it something you l- learned or force yourself to do at some point i guess maybe because of my uh personality and the, the way i was growing up because you know back then i told you not many people like my parents couldn't really um support me with my education or help me to make decisions about my education so sometimes i have to make decisions fast because otherwise nobody gonna show me what to do I have to test it. I have to do it and see how it goes. Yeah, so that's why I think over the time, it built up my kind of like personality, you know. I need to take it. And even right now, and I think about it, if I don't take opportunity right away, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be here today because 
it, it's not going to be coming to me all the time. Sometime a rare opportunity comes to me and I have to take it right away to be where I am today. So I think it's because uh, my childhood and also the way I was growing up, that made me really have to be proactive, uh, taking opportunity and do things in my own way. I really love your sentence. Like, no one will show me how to do it. So I need to do it in order to see. <laughs> I have to do it and figure it out a way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so all of this happened. And then, yeah, all the dots connected at Lean Center. At that time, I guess you saw the opportunity. You were like, oh, it's perfect for me. And yeah, did you have, how to say, specific expectations? Or you were still, oh, well, I'll just go there. I will see if I'm happy and... I saw you change different positions as well within Lynn. Um, maybe when you explain a bit Lynn already, maybe also just to summarize all these years at Lynn, uh, can you share maybe your proudest moment at Lynn Center? Well, I mean, I remember, remember when I first joined Lynn, I feel so overwhelmed because totally new for me, if, even though it was so fascinating because I learned so much uh, at the beginning. Uh, so many different news ideas, uh, new knowledge, insights, learning about nonprofit in Vietnam, business in Vietnam, CSR, uh, community development, all kind of new concept for me. Um, I felt very, very overwhelmed. And I, but because I, I really love learning, so that's why I have to really push myself. Like, and also, I, I, for me, I'm, I'm I believe in responsibility. I think when we commit to something, we need to make sure it's done. No matter how busy we or we was, or something happened, or we we were scared. But I, for me, I have to. When I commit something, I need to like com- complete it. So that's why I say, okay, I want to learn about this job. I want to get involved in our nonprofit sector and learn how non-profit sector in Vietnam look like. So that's why I have to push myself very hard. I work, I work very hard. I learn every day, trying to understand what it is. And it it was overwhelming at the beginning, really, because it's like so many things I didn't know. And I was worried too, because, you know, it's a lot of things that I don't want to make a mistake. Uh, and uh, But, you know, over the time, because I, I, I started to understand more, I started to see, ah, this is, we're trying to observe it and learn it. So I say, okay, this is how it's look like, how it's work like that. So that's why I started to build up my confidence over the years. I feel, oh, that's fine. But now I feel confident because before I was so nervous, I was very overwhelming. The proudest moment, I think... For me, a lot of things at Lynn, because Lynn work is very, uh, a lot of work. Lynn has a lot of work and we have so many different things we need to do. Uh, I think one of the proudest movements is that I will be able to get everything done, even though we we lack a lot of resources. We lack a lot of uh You know, you know, NGO in Vietnam, we, we, we normally struggle with a lot of resources, uh, limitation, and even the COVID happened. Uh, we managed to get through that and uh, become stronger and stronger every day. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's my proud moment uh, to be able to. And also, I, 
I feel very happy that be able to build up the partnership because um, for Lin, my role at Lin, I, I, I am in charge of building partnership with companies for Lin and also for our program. So I, 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 I think I'm good at like maintaining the relationship, uh, building the partnership uh, for many years. So I think, yes, for example, like some company key partner, they stay with us after three years. So it's, it's really happy for me because I think uh, I know it's not easy to build that kind of partnership that the partner can be with you for a few years. But I, I think I managed to do that at least. When you say being resourceful, like managing to do stuff with limited resources, I mean, it's funny, like the way the way you speak <laughs> the way you do things is really i mean it's what we say as well to all our entrepreneurs it's what we say to yeah everyone who wants to start a business right like just try it as quickly as possible see if it solves people's problem or see if there is a market try to be resourceful and i find it so fascinating that i mean you you at least at least i'm not sure in other You know, NGO, non-profit ecosystem, they say it, but it's what you s to bring. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, startup is the same and also for non-profit uh, in Vietnam and I think in other countries too, you know, because we don't have a lot of resources, so we have to be creative about that. And, you know, my job basically is to fundraising, right? So a lot of people, you know, not may not be comfortable to asking for money, for help, right? And... I had that kind of feeling too. And sometimes still do, sometimes, because I feel like, oh, you know, I have to ask this person something. But to be honest, um, over the year, when I, I understand that more and I know that, okay, this is something that I do because I want a good thing for the society. I want a good thing for the nonprofit sector. I want to do good. Why well, have to be hesitated about it? I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for other people, Right. So I'm asking this money not for me, but for other people to help them to, to achieve something, to do something good. So that helped me to overcome that, you know, hesitation and worries. Uh, now I'm easy. If I need, and also I know that, you know, because of my job, I have to work with a lot of company and individual. To be honest, a lot of people want to help, want to do good. But sometimes they feel very uh, worried and also uh, they don't know what to do. There's a lot of information out there and they especially trust, you know, whether they can trust you or not. So if you can give them right information, uh, uh, you know, explain it to them well, why they need to do this, they will. Uh, and they will more willing to, to support when you give them a reason to do so. So, yeah. So how does it work at Lean? Like, let, let's say I'm a non-profit. Like, do you have cohorts or I, I just message Kelly <laughs> and then I, I, I'm part of Lean's program? So normally we have like a different team to interact with different things. So we have non-profit partnership team that are working with non-profit partner in our network who like, we will understand, okay, uh, uh, where they are, uh, Uh, what are they lack lacking of or what they need in terms of resources, not only money, but volunteer and also equipment, any kind of resources that they need. And from then, I will work, my team, we work with like, or reach out with company to company and also individual who have the resources that they can support. So I can connect them. I will connect those two resources with the nonprofit who need help working closely with the NPO partnership team. So it's like we like 
we basically like bring the resources from one like mobilize resources from one place to another. So that's how normally yeah, we do at Lin. Yeah, I still find it so interesting. Like because uh, I, I mean, I know a bit about Lin. I, I but it's interesting. The for me, it's just so fascinating. The parallel. <laughs> I want to share about later on. Like you know. Recently, I just realized this is something very resonate with me because that happened to my life. Opportunity. I really strongly believe in opportunity because, you know, I believe everybody have their own potential. You know, when I was a kid, when I was a young little girl in my alley, I had potential, but that not enough because even though you had potential, But if the environment around you were not supportive and there's not many people give you the opportunity to change your life, it didn't really help you to change your life. That's why I think even though we have potential, we still need other people at one point of our life to give it to us the opportunity for us to change our life and shine. So I had that because my mentor gave it to me. A lot of people gave it to me. The NGO gave it to me for me to volunteer with them. I want to give that opportunity to other people too when I can. It's about resources, right? You want to do good, but you need resources. So that's kind of thing that keep me really motivated. I love it. And I, I want to share with you a story. Uh, it's my favorite story. So I, I put on my LinkedIn that I am a social gardener. So many people ask me, like, what the hell is a social gardener? So the story is, imagine, take, take two seeds of plants. And, you know, these are the same seed. But maybe one seed will grow, will become a beautiful plant, shiny plant, and the other seed will not grow, just decay, become brown, and, and die. And for me, you know, when I think about it, it's, for me, it was the same seed. So what was different is one seed got enough water, got enough soil, good soil, got enough care, while the second seed, no one took care about the seed, so it just by itself, just dead. While the other one got Exactly what you said, you know, enabling soil, enabling environment to grow and to blossom and the enabling environment. If we translate into people's human life term, it's you met the right mentor at the right time. You have supportive environment uh, around you with enough resources. You listen to dear our community, a lifeline, you know, these kind of things. While the other part, it has a potential, but didn't get unleashed because maybe it was not in the right soil. And it's a story I share all the time. It's a philosophy we share through our program as well. So I'm super happy that uh, you also say that with your own words too. Yeah, absolutely, yes. I think, you know, if you come from an environment where you really need the opportunity, you will see how much it is important for you to have the opportunity. That's why I feel it very resonated with me and close to my heart. So that's why everything I do, I will try to create opportunity for people or help them to get to the opportunity that they need. So my road lane is quite good because I'm doing that kind of connecting, you know, like a hub and connecting different people. And also with your community podcast, it's the same, you know, like I'm trying to bring this story out so people can listen to and they feel motivated, they feel inspired, they feel connected. And in the future, I want to also build the community So where people can can also helping each other and connect with each other because I believe that we have to work together. We have to support each other, collaborate to actually uh, achieve something amazing. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you are definitely a social gardener type. <laughs> so bringing water, soil, sunlight to other seeds. And yeah, no, I mean, definitely like what I was observing too is when you spoke about your mentor, you know, he, what you do with the our community and you mentioned got inspired from him, but it's what you receive from him, you give it back through the our community. So, no, it's pretty cool. And maybe before we jump into the podcast part, I just wondered, like, you know, let, let's say I'm a young Vietnamese. I want to start my nonprofit. Uh, maybe what are some common mistakes that you have seen or some best practices that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've been also witness a lot of people want to start a nonprofit and also doing something like social good. One of the things that uh, I think, you know, this is my philosophy. I think for me, I think if you want to do something good, you need to ask that. You need to ask yourself questions like, why are you doing this, right? You're doing this because you want to become famous. You want to um, people admire you or you're going to achieve something amazing in life. Yeah, you need to be honest with that. Um, and I think one of the things I feel, I need, I think, I think a lot of people who working in nonprofit or social good, it's just my opinion. I think that we need to be honest and we need to really ask ourselves this question to make sure that we understand why we're doing this. Because what I feel is that some people they want to do something like non-profit or social good, sometimes it's just, oh, this is a cool idea. I want to do this. I want to make it happen because I think that's the right thing. Yeah, that's good. But you need to ask the question about why you're doing that. And um, if you have the thinking that, okay, I'm doing it because I want to help people, it can be sometimes very dangerous because when you think like that, you will have a tendency that you think you're a hero and you want to change people's life. And when the people who you want to change don't like that idea, don't like that solution, you feel upset and you feel very angry. Why people don't listen to me because I'm doing good things or why people don't support me because I'm doing good things. That's not a point. The point is, I think for me, to make us you know, committed or to be sustainable around so, so good, we need to do something that we actually feel happy about, like something that close to our heart, close to our value. And this is something that we believe in. And we're doing it first because we think that's the right thing. We're not doing it just because for other people only, but also for ourselves because we want to do that. We want to make ourselves happy first because we think that's the right thing to do. So for me, The, 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 uh, the advice I would like to give to a lot of young people who want to start a nonprofit or so, so good initiative is that understand who they are, why they do what they do is so important. So then you will know, okay, this is something that I love to do because it's close to my value, it's close to my belief. And if that didn't work, I will find something else as long as it's close to my value and my belief. Uh, and I, I don't have to force that on other people. 
Um, and of course, in Vietnam, you know, when you're small and when you're young, you need a lot of help. You need a lot of people to support you. So that's why uh, be proactive and going out and talking to people, asking for people's opinion, asking for people's uh, uh, advice and support because you cannot really solve everything yourself. So I think they need to go out and talk to a lot of different people, listen to a lot of people so they can get the idea of what works best and what doesn't work so they can develop a solution themselves. The two points you mentioned, they connect with each other because the stronger your why is, the better it helps bridge resources, meet people who care about the same why. The social issue is very complicated, right? So I think sometimes it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. So if you don't have that kind of why strongly, <laughs> like it's quite hard to navigate a lot of different things when you when you going out and working and dealing with things, dealing with people. Maybe on that, I wondered like what other thing beyond meeting the mentor helps you find your why? Is it just by doing stuff or whether a specific, I don't know, tool, a book or anything that helps you along the way? I read a lot of books. I cannot really say all of them here, but I think one of the things, I don't know, maybe in deep down in my in, in uh, myself, I always believe that, you know, uh, we all the same in a way that we are human and we all want a good life. We want to be happy. Nobody want to be a miserable life, right? Nobody want to have a, a sad life. Nobody want that. Uh, so that's actually that. I think that's a common uh, common things between a lot of different people. We have differences for sure, but we have also the similarity things. Like you know, we want a good thing for our life. We want to live happy and meaningful life. Um, so because of those common things, we feel connected with each other easily when we share it out, and that's why I think when you understand that that's why I, when I think I, I understand the why like my why uh, I feel that I can easily understand other people easily because I share that common common things between myself and other people because we all strive to have our a better life for ourselves yeah so I think the why is important because for me I, I need to understand why I'm doing this And because I want a, a meaningful life for myself. So I think people will, will also want the same. Is there anything that you think you cannot do? I'm really bad at operating things. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, I, 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 I like doing things that I can talk to people, like interact with people and learning new things. But it's quite hard for me to doing like admin stuff. Because I can do that, but it's not my strength. So I, I rather focus on my strength than my weakness. So normally I'm just trying to uh, focus on things that I'm good at, you know, like building relationship, partnership, talking to people, listening, listening to their story and sharing advices. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's perfect transition to, to your podcast, The Our Community. Do you remember the first day when you had the idea? Well, I mean, I think it's incubated in my head, but uh, I remember in July, I remember I said, okay, maybe I should do something about it because I think, uh, okay, July 2020, we were still in lockdown, like the pandemic uh, just started, right? So I was, okay, maybe I should do something even though it's a little bit difficult, but I think 
instead of just worry about something you cannot control, let's do something that you can control. Like let's do something that I think that can be very valuable to a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people back then talking about COVID all the time now still, but like a lot of people don't want to listen to COVID anymore. They want some positive message. They want to listen to real story about normal people. And another reason is because I think, you know, when you read the newspaper media, right, you see a lot of bad things happening every day. Like you never really, really see the good things. You really, really see the, the positive thing in the newspaper these days even social media. So that's why I, I think, okay, maybe I should do something that bring the positivity to people, like bringing this story inspire people so people can feel like there's a lot of people working very hard to, to, to make possible change, positive change in the society. And I want people to listen to this story and see, yes, it's, it's, not, it's not like I don't believe in hero that much. I believe in working together. So like, for example, people who when you see change happen, definitely a lot of people behind it doing a lot of different things to make that happen. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you see something happen during that time. Some people like a leader, they become a hero. But I think behind that's a lot of people doing different things, like some movement or like something long-term change. You will see a lot of people working behind the scene. And I want to bring that out to more and more people Uh, especially during the social, uh, like a COVID-19 pandemic happening around the world. So that's why I want to start it. I think the great thing about you and your podcast is you started and you managed to set up a small team to help you. You know, me, it's a one-man show. I do everything. I'm tired <laughs> to edit stuff. So I stopped editing. Yeah, like how did you just, I mean, you had a clear why. So you just, you know, speak with people and they were like oh uh, want to help or like were you proactive as you are always like how did this first step happen until your first episode I'm so I'm so lucky I met so many great partners like Rice Content Media Soul Branding those people uh, did, uh, agreed to help me from the very beginning you know like I told you that if I if I had to do this alone it may take much much longer to 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 start it. Um, I think that's linked with what we talk about why. I think when you have your why clear and strong, it's much easier to convince other people because you have the vision, you have the reason why you do it. I think for me, my job at Lenny the same. I mean, when we would talk about work, they talk about what they do most of the time, right? And to be honest, Work, I mean, project or even nonprofit is quite similar everywhere, right? You have many nonprofits working on children, many nonprofits working on environment. But the different of that different nonprofit is the people behind it, right? The personnel, the people who actually believe in something and they have this kind of value that they want to uphold. So that's the difference. And even the fundraising role too, right? When people talk to you, they don't interact with, The whole organization, you inter they interact with you as a fundraiser, right? And when you build that trust, you build that understanding and they understand why you do it. It's easier. You can build trust with them. You can build empathy and they can understand why they, they have to do this. So I think the why is so important because that's how you can convince your, your partner talking to people that you want them to support you. And I have that why, 
and I share that with uh, rice and so branding and say, yeah, that makes sense because, you know, sometimes we have the same why. We have the same vision about something in the society. And when we talk about it, we say, okay, that's good because I have the same vision. I have the same mission, but I couldn't do this alone. So now you do it, I will help you. So this kind of thing is helped me, help, help me a lot to, to, to find the right partner from the beginning. Cool. And so, yeah, so it's been a few months already, half a year. So looking back, like, um, I know me, I know I learned so much from each episode. And for me, I just, it's interesting because I, I speak with many people who, I mean, it's sim not, not similar journey, but it's similar in the sense, you know, people, I think the, the transition between very in very simple words an empowered to empowered person to make an impact for me that's what i'm super interested about so now i managed to put some words on what are some things that people can do to create more enabling environment for people so for me that's one of the key learning from lifeline so i wondered for for you i, I listened to some episodes but i don't understand everything <laughs> As I Sorry, work on my <laughs> But yeah, looking back, maybe what are some of your learnings from your own interviews? Some episodes, I don't understand everything. <laughs> As I Sorry, work on you're the now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, looking back, maybe what are some of your learnings from your own interviews? Yeah, I definitely, I have learned so much. First of all, I learned, you know, what podcast is about. <laughs> Second, I think... Um, I learned to listen more and more. I mean, one of the things I'm trying to do for my podcast or my interview is that I should be more and more curious. I think one of the key, uh, like, skill or like to 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 change to make sure that you are a good interviewer or not is that whether you be curious enough and interest enough in other people's story because when you interest. You're curious, you will ask the right question and want to dig deep into that. And uh, sometimes, you know, when I talk to my character, when I ask about a story, because I focus on storytelling rather than what they do, more than who they are, uh, how they're growing up, and why they believe in this. Um, I always feel so interesting because sometimes it helps them reflect about their childhood and their life, and they connect the dots. And exactly what you did to, to me uh, during this interview, because I have to reflect a lot when you ask me a question, right? So I have to really remember things and tell you. So that's helped me to connect a lot of different things. You know, if I didn't have this interview, I may not really need to think about it. So that's a power of the good interview and also conversation, good conversation, because you, you, you let people reflect on a lot of things that they never really think about it. Um, and that's why I learned so much about it. Another time, people ask me, "What are the difficult things to do when you do when you interview people?" For me, I think one of the most important and difficult things to, to for from for the interview for me is that how to build trust with the person I interview. Uh, the reason is because I focus on personal story. Some people they're not really comfortable to share their story. Uh, with a lot of people, they can share with me, but they don't want to share with the public, right? So I have to really explain why I'm doing this. And I need to build that kind of trust with them. And they be able to sit down and talk to me like friends. 
and share their story. Some somebody says something very sad about their life, but you know that's that's key to to let people share their story honestly and uh, comfortably. And uh, one of the feedback I got is really so so great, and I love about it is that. Uh, when I interview somebody, somebody, and then I send that episode to the mutual friend, uh, and she listened to it and she said, "Oh wow, now I understand how deeply, personally, than before. Because before we were just hanging out, we were just like maybe drinking coffee, drinking together, but we didn't really ask that kind of question, you know, because it's a different con- uh, setup. Like we're just having fun, but we never really understand each other deeply enough." So through this kind of interview, I want people to look these at these people like um, local leaders in a different light. So like there's very human about them, and 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 you can understand them more deeply. Yeah, yeah, I love this example. It's basically we tend to know people, you know, maybe level two of deepness, and you allow them to know them level three or level four. Uh, like the foundations of everything, right? And it makes me think, you know, like it, if I meet you and I'm not curious, maybe I will never know that you grew up in this alien D10, which is, I mean, something quite important, right? And But you might miss it throughout the whole, I know if we, you know, like uh, I'm a partner, I might miss it for the whole four years. Yeah. Um, yes, that's true. I think that will help you connect the dog and make sense of that person. Because, you know, like, um, for example, one of the story I interviewed, uh, the lady who, who, who have an NGO support girl and woman to go to school in Mekong Delta. And when I met her a few years ago, uh, and then I talked to her, and she told me about her story. He told, she told me that um, when she was a kid, like, with her brother and, and the, the, um, the family, and um, her father told her that if her brother didn't go, uh, go to school, sorry. They go to school, you're not going to school because they don't have enough money. So they have to prioritize. So boys should go to school. Um, and then, I mean, lucky for her, um, her brother didn't go to school. So that's why she got that opportunity. And now she have her own organization support younger in Mekondelta to have that opportunity. And once I listened to that story, you know, I totally understand and it makes sense to me why is he doing this? Yeah, you don't have to explain a lot of different like program or whatever because that's why you you, you want to do this. This comes from personal experience. Yeah, and you immediately trust her. You know she's not going to do any any random shit. Sorry yes. for the... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, any any tips for people to for them to be more curious in everyday life? Um, I think one of the things I would say is that um, trying to look at other people as equal human being. What what does mean is because when you see them as equal, you will see them have some potential like you do, and you also want to learn more about them because trying to find a common theme, right? Because you know that they, they also human, they, they also equal. Uh, you also have this kind of this desire, want dream and goal in your life. So they may have the same goal and dream of their life. Right. So it's really help you to be curious about that person because you would think, Oh, I have this kind of goal. I have this kind of dream. 
but let listen to other people what to see what dream they have what goal they have whether we have something similar or some visions similar vision that we can share so i think that's really helped us to to look uh to be curious about other people and also treat them with respect because you know you 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 want to have a meaningful conversation with them and understand them in the way that they feel respected so yeah i think to be curious you need to really see each other as a human eco human being there's a there's a game that i was playing when i was in uh, india so I, i i went to this program i'm not sure if you heard about it actually it would be great if a vietnamese version exists just dropping this here <laughs> it's called uh, jagriti yatra so it's a train journey that goes throughout india uh, through 8000 kilometers uh, there is 500 indian youth inside Uh, and 10 foreigners so i was part of the 10 foreigners uh, three four years ago and basically 500 person live in the train eat in the train sleep in the train live in the train for two weeks and the train goes through 12 cities in uh, india and in each city you get out and you meet pioneers of social entrepreneurship or non-profit sector and they are here to inspire the whole cohort on the train And the train is here to build the next generation of change makers. And it's a very powerful journey. Everyone gets out of the train after two weeks, like super empowered. And I was thinking the best country to do that is Vietnam because there is a train that goes through the country. Um, maybe your next project. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> Let me come um, to the yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and the game, I, I, the thing is, you know, as one of the 10 foreigners, you are easily potable like everyone sees me from afar away and they're like coming to me so you speak to 50 different people you don't know every day but the thing is i mean the first five questions are always the same right like what's your name where do you come from which group are you in so i got a bit tired of this initial chit chat so i was like playing this game uh which is two questions i mean one question and one So the first question I was always asking, what is, if you had five minutes, oh no, for the next five minutes, can you teach me something that you love or that you can, like, it can be a skill, an experience, a knowledge. And I realized every time I ask this question, every, most of the people, they say, but I have nothing to teach. <laughs> but when you ask them this question a bit later, you, ju you can just ask them directly from what you listen actually everyone has a lot of skills they just don't feel confident to say it because it's like they're bragging or whatever but for me it was always interesting to see the change of mindset and after they will always teach me so many things and the second thing I was always trying to make them speak for as long as possible like find the one topic where they will not stop speaking I found it so interesting. It's so random each time. Like, someone can speak about trains, someone can speak about pizza, someone about social entrepreneurship in Mumbai, you know, all this random thing. And yeah, it's a funny game. I recommend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm gonna look it up and see how it's, how it's looked like. I think, yeah, I mean, when we, I mean, one of the reasons why I do Dear Comedians is that sometimes we, we assume that we are different too much so that's why we don't share i mean that's why i bring storytelling because um when we share more we see we're not that much different we're not that much different uh, in a way that we, we human we want a 
a good life. We 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 have struggle, uh, uh, struggle. We have problem and difficulties in life. Everybody do, and we have also dream and hope and everything. So when the more we talk about it, the more we share about it, the more we feel connected with each other. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like we tend to think that we are the only ones who have problems, and everyone else's life is like perfect. <laughs> But then you realize everyone has their own problems. Cool. So I think I've taken a lot of your time already. Uh, but I will end with two, three questions that I always love ending with. Uh, first one, let's say uh, you can go back in time. Your first day at Lean Center. Would you tell some, yourself something? And if yes, what would you tell the younger Kelly? Good question. Um, I would say to Kelly the first day at Lean was that. Everything can be not. I would say that you know, you don't have to worry that much. You know, um, you don't have to uh, stress that much that you're not known everything. So take a little time and enjoy it because because that's how you really can be who you are and also doing things that you love to do and without really be so strict about it and not enjoying it. So that I think that's the thing that I would say if I can come back in time and talk to the Kelly when the first day joined me. <laughs> Is it something that older Kelly managed to do? Well, trying to. I mean, it's improving a lot because, you know, I think it's, it's very normal for a lot of people when you go into a new things, you're going to feel a lot of stress right you know because you you worry whether it's going to work out or not you have a lot of assumption uh you don't know a lot of things so that's why i think trying to improve it by you know yeah i've been through that it's going to be fine and be less stressed about it so now i I feel more balanced in terms of when i have like let's say something happened when i feel stressed i know how to balance it and i i will I have to balance this. I need to say, okay, that's fine. If you even use, you die, the world is still continue. And if you're sick for a few days, nothing going to collapse. You're going to go back and do your job, but don't feel so stressed about it. Yeah. Cool. And how would you like people to know you or remember you for? That's a good question. I think, uh, all I always think it that, you know, if, I'm gonna die. I hope that when people remember me or think about me, they will feel happy because they will feel motivated. They will feel that a lot of potential in life. And uh, they, I, I hope that they will feel that they should live the most of their life uh, and trying to do things that they love and be happy about it and don't waste things Don't waste on things that they don't. They feel they feel so so miserable or like suffering. <laughs> um, I hope that uh, because I, I I for me you know a lot of people when they meet me outside they always think I'm very like, positive. Yeah, I'm very positive person and I, I always laugh and smile a lot. I love it. Uh, but of course, I have more my own struggle too, right? Everybody does. Um, The reason why I want to do it because I want people to feel happy. 
um, and I don't want my struggle to affect a lot of people um, because I know that a lot of people have the same struggle, like problem themselves too. So I want them when they think about me, say, "Oh yeah, you have to live your life a lot, like the most, live 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 the most out of it and, and enjoy it, and you can do so much if you want to." <laughs> Because you don't know whether you're gonna die tomorrow or not, right? So, but you know, when people think about you, they say, "Oh, she lived her life because she done things," you know. Yeah, and you always also said, "If I did it, you can do it too." Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, love it. Cool. Uh, and yeah, the last question is, uh, how would you describe yourself in three hashtags? Okay. First, I positivity. I'm very positive. Second is resilient. I can fail and fail and fail, no problem. I can bounce back easily. The last one, express myself. That's a good one. Um, the last one, I would say grateful. I think for me, I feel grateful every day because, you know, waking up, feeling healthy, feeling that I can do a lot to, to, to contribute to a lot of people. I feel very grateful. Cool, positivity, resilient, and grateful. Cool. Um, yeah. So here is a final, final, real, final question. But yeah, how how can people contact you if they want to reach out to you, and why why should they contact Kelly? Yes. Um, so now I have a lot of channel. I have LinkedIn. My LinkedIn name is Kelly Twin, Kelly Var, and my Facebook also Kelly Var. Uh, v O Kelly Vo. Um, I also Instagram, but I don't use Instagram that much. Mostly LinkedIn and Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn, and I have my podcast DL Community. So you can go dlcommunity.com uh, if you're interested in Vietnamese story, uh, local leader, and social impact in Vietnam. You can reach out to me. Uh, I love to bring those story to the world too, not just with the Vietnamese people. But I hope to change that, and also in the future, I want uh, uh, to connect more and more like social change leader in the in the region, so we can also working together and, and, and even create more impact and create that network of social change maker in, in in the region. Cool, thank you so much, Kelly. Um, yeah, really love this conversation. I I mean, I can relate to many things that you have said. I think we are we, are, we have some. Very common personality And traits. And when you share, you see a lot of commonalities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think so many lessons to take from your conversation. I'm sure people will be super inspired. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Kelly. Really enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much. I mean, really great to have a chance to share my story with you. I mean, like you said, we, before we didn't have a chance to talk too much, but now we do. No, so that's really, really thank you for inviting me. Congrats for listening until the end of this episode. Of course, to best support Lifeline, you can share this episode to two of your friends and subscribe to the next episodes on any platform. See you next time.